Welcome back to the Mom Bod Pod, where it's everything mom, everything bod, and a little bit of everything else in between. And I'm your host, Delana Phil. Um, thank you for joining me on episode number two. In my mind, it's kind of the first episode in the sense that it's the first time that we're really going to be able to dive into a specific topic. And I decided to start you guys off on an educational one for this time. Um, we'll do some educational ones, some fun ones, but I just wanted to start off with a topic that I know is really helpful for a lot of people. Um, whether you've been dieting for a long time or have tried a bunch of different diets or maybe you've just been honestly your whole life you just eat and like the idea of trying to manage your food seems really overwhelming I'm going to go into a bunch of different ways that you can manage your nutrition in order to see um like your goals be achieved or to even just have a more healthy and fueled lifestyle, uh, all depending on where you're at. So we're going to go over a handful of ways. I'm going to try to keep it really focused just because there are a bunch of different options here and I want to be able to get through them all, make them very specific, make them very applicable. So if this is something that you're like, oh my gosh, I could really use this, I definitely recommend grabbing some paper and a pen because I'm going to give you specific action steps to take for a few different ways of managing your nutrition. Um, I'm going to start with ones that are less like commitment. You're maybe not going to see your goals achieved as fast, but it's going to be a good way to kind of step into things. Or if you have a really negative history with food, with dieting, with your body, it's probably going to be a better way to get back into things than jumping into something a little bit more restrictive. So with that being said, if you're like brand new or if you are someone who has like a negative past with like hard dieting, my recommendation is that we're just going to focus on balanced meals. So a balanced meal is going to have a complete protein source, um, ideally from animals. It can be also, you know, vegan or vegetarian options. But if you're not a vegan or a vegetarian, then I do recommend that your protein source at your meal not be from something like oatmeal um, or beans that can add protein to your meal absolutely but a complete protein source should be giving you around 30 to 40 grams of protein at your meal so that being like a small or half of a large chicken breast um, it can be turkey it can be beef it can be eggs there's a lot of different options you have and depending on the amount of fats in your protein you may need to also add fats to make it a complete meal as well if it's a leaner source of protein but if you're having something like salmon or higher fat beef or pork there's already going to be a lot of fats in there and so in order to create a complete meal we're not going to have to add any extra fats to that because it's already found in the protein after we do the protein and then added fats if necessary then added fats can be you know oils butters nuts avocado different things like that Um, and then we want to make sure that we have a source of carbohydrate something that your body digests well and can use Um, that's kind of a little bit of a different podcast i will get to food sources and nutrient timing and different things like that but having a carbohydrate source and then having a source of produce. So I am a huge advocate of fruit. I am not anti-fruit at all. I have heard some coaches are. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. I am a huge proponent of fruit. So you don't have to be a person that eats vegetables to be able to be healthy and to see your goals because fruits have tons of antioxidants, tons of micronutrients, 
Not to say that vegetables don't, but as long as you have a fruit or a vegetable at your meal, then you're good to go. You've created a balanced meal. So creating three to four of these balanced meals a day can be a really good place to start if you just don't know where to start without having to go through and meticulously track or be aware of every single thing that you're eating. You can still definitely see progress because you're going to become more aware of what's going into your body, become more aware of what food actually consists of like what is a protein source and how can I pair a protein source with a carb and a veggie and just create an actual full meal that's going to keep me fuller for longer it's going to keep me satiated it's going to help with blood sugar regulation Um, and then because of that you're more likely to eat less in terms of like higher fat snackier foods um, things that just aren't giving your body a whole lot of what it needs it's not filling you up at all If we're getting what we need from our meals, we're not going to be adding on a bunch of extra calories that are more or less empty calories from snacking. Um, So this is a way to just really be in tune with your body, be able to eat to hunger while making sure your body is getting a variety of nutrients. Like I said, it's great for someone who's just starting out. Now, the basis, as I mentioned, of weight loss is making sure that we are burning more calories than we're eating and then weight gain or muscle gain is the opposite of that. So it does help for us to track calories because we may not know on a daily basis exactly how many calories we're burning, but I'm going to get to that in a little bit, how we can kind of figure that out. But the next thing we can do is track calories. Um, And that's going to give us more like a specific game plan and a way to manage whether or not the food that we're eating is causing us to gain weight or lose weight and then adjust it when necessary in order to get to where we want to go. Further on, I'm going to kind of cover all the rest of these together moving forward. So I'm just going to go over kind of like a a progression of how we can go about this. So we can go from just tracking calories to tracking calories and the amount of protein that you're eating on a daily basis. Um, From there, I would recommend moving on to full macro tracking. So that is tracking your protein, your carbs, and your fats specifically instead of grouping them as calories and then protein separately. And then you can also be on a full meal plan, which there is definitely a time and place for that. I like it for serious athletes who just don't want to do a lot of the thinking but have a background in some education and understanding what food is doing for them because we don't want to bypass that step. Um, they can really benefit from a meal plan or from someone who just needs it because their life is busier. Um, and like I said, they don't necessarily want to do their thinking or even coming into it and having a meal plan, maybe from Monday to Friday, and then you track macros on the weekends. Or if you're like me and a lot of other athletes, you're going to get macronutrients and create your own meal plan based on that. That actually takes away a lot of thinking because you're able to eat pretty much the same thing on a daily basis, but also have flexibility when needed because your food is going back to a macronutrient. And so I prefer it for a lot of people and a lot of people will kind of choose to use that method. Okay, so now how to figure out tracking your own calories or any of these methods that are more specific. Um, So we'll talk first about just creating a calorie goal and then how to convert that into a macronutrient goal because macronutrients are made up of calories. So it'll actually equate. Um, So we're just going to start with like kind of figuring out that calorie balance and then getting more specific from there. 
So first we need to figure out where you're at and what you're currently eating. So I recommend for two weeks that you eat completely normal, change absolutely nothing in your diet. Now that you're trying to be healthier, I don't want you to actually eat healthier. I just want you to eat like you've normally been eating. It is super important that we do this and not make any changes because we need to see what your body has actually been experiencing and eating for however many months that you've been doing what you've been doing. But now what we're going to do is track your food so that we can see it, so that we have these numbers. Normally, I do recommend people when they eat or they're tracking their food, that they actually track their food before they eat it. So we have an idea, we have a game plan before we go into it, and we're not stressing out trying to make things work like at the end of the day or at your last meal. But this is the one time that I just want you to eat and then afterwards go ahead and track everything. Um, I do recommend weighing out your food, especially if you are going to be tracking your calories and macros. This is something that you need to get familiar with anyways to have accurate results. So start weighing out your food, track everything you eat, but don't worry about it. Don't try to see any certain numbers um, as you're tracking. There's apps that you can track what you're eating, like MyFitnessPal, and I personally love that. When I started off bodybuilding, I was literally tracking things on paper and Googling the macronutrients for everything I was eating, and that was really unnecessary. So I definitely recommend just downloading an app and then tracking your macros that way. Alongside tracking your food for these two weeks, I mean, you can do it longer if you want as well, especially if like things come up in life, like you go out for a weekend or something like that, you may want to do it for a little bit longer, but two weeks is generally a good amount of time. But alongside that, make sure that you weigh yourself daily. Now, don't get in your head about these numbers. Just put them down on a piece of paper. Don't think about them. You're about to change things. You are about to go into a season where you can focus on your goals. But right now, we just need these as an accurate data point so we can compare them to the food that you're eating and see what's happening. Um, you can also track different like biofeedback notes, how you're feeling in your body um, or how you're feeling in certain clothing items. And that can kind of help see like what the food that we're eating is doing to us, whether it's causing us to like gain weight or slash be less comfortable or lose weight and be more comfortable or things like that. But for this, I don't always recommend that everyone weigh themselves, but it, with this experiment or this way to figure things out, it's going to be the most accurate way to go about it. So make sure you track your food every day for two weeks, weigh yourself every day for two weeks. And at the end of those two weeks, evaluate how much are you eating on average? Um, Are there certain days that you're eating really high amounts of food and certain days that you're eating really low amounts of food? I've seen people have like 30 grams of fat one day and 120 grams of fat the next. So just even seeing that we're having these massive swings in the amount of food that we're eating can kind of be eye-opening and also we're going to want to have some sort of consistency but we can start by finding a ballpark um, average amount of food that you've been eating and then just like see if that average amount of food is causing you to lose weight gain weight or generally maintain your body weight so now creating a calorie goal Um, depending on what happened in those first two weeks, now we can start to actually make adjustments based on where you want to go. So we're going to start with just creating a calorie goal. And then, like I said, we'll talk about how we can change that into a macronutrient goal after this. Um, So I actually recommend if you're, if you are really all over the place with your numbers, and this is actually what I do with most of my athletes when they start working with me, if they haven't been tracking their food up until they started working with me, I will have them just track after they eat to get an idea. And normally I do see a wide range range of whether it be calories, proteins, carbs, fats, whatever, just the numbers are kind of all across the board. So if that's you, what I want you to do from here is actually just to spend a week at about the average amount of food that you've been eating. Um, 
I would like to see protein probably at the higher end is what I would recommend, like the higher end of your average, try to get that for your protein goal. And then carbs can be right on average and fats for most people, I would say try to go to the lower end of your average. Um, But I will actually go into specific numbers with the macronutrients. So I guess just for creating a calorie goal, just go based on the average that you're eating with like minimal changes. Just try to be consistent to a certain number that's right about the middle of what you were doing and then kind of see how your body feels and just get used to doing the same thing over and over and over. From here, we can begin to make real adjustments towards your goal. I know we've already been at like three weeks at this point and that's why when people come to me and want to like actually do one-on-one coaching, like I definitely explain your goals are going to take time unless you've already been working up to it and we can kind of bypass this because this is a sustainable way to get to where we want to go. And sustainability and having something that is permanent established is really important to me. I don't want to see someone just create a temporary change and that normally happens and you feel like shit. Um, I would rather see someone create a permanent change in their life that takes a little bit longer. Um, And so we've already had three weeks where we've been working on things. So understand that it's going to take time. But now we can make real adjustments to your goal. I like to change about 100 calories at a time. For your first adjustment, I may make it more aggressive, um, but I don't necessarily want to make or recommend that you make huge adjustments at a time. So maybe you're eating 2,400 calories a day and you're gaining weight at this point. So I would say maybe drop down the first time, maybe try dropping down to about 2,200 calories. But from there, I'd only pull off about 100 calories at a time. Or if you know that you need to gain weight or if you maybe need to reverse diet um, because you're eating not enough food to go into a diet, which I would say if you are a female eating less than 2,000 calories a day, you should probably work on pulling up your food first before we begin a diet. And this is the process of a reverse diet where we allow our metabolisms to get used to a higher amount of food and adapt to an increased intake so that we can eventually, I mean, some people just reverse diet and that's like what they need and they can stay there. But that is also the only way to eventually diet down if you are already not eating enough food and you want to lose weight. Like if you are eating 1600 calories, you should not be pulling your food any lower than that to lose weight. So how are you going to lose weight? We're going to have to let your metabolism adapt to a higher intake of food and stay there for a while before we're able to pull back down. Um, Sorry, I was like just looking for something to pause so I could get a drink of water, but we're just going to keep going with this. (laughs) Um, But if you are one of those people, then I would recommend increasing your food 200 calories for the first bump and then maybe about 100 calories at a time after that. Um, We can know to adjust food when our hunger is calling for it, whether it be up or down. Um, But like if we're hungry and you're on a reverse diet, great, let's increase your food. Or if you're like trying to build muscle, if you're hungry, let's go and increase about 100 calories. Um, If you're trying to lose weight, you maybe are hungry, but if your food is like still in like a safe spot, we can go ahead and pull things down. If energy is still okay, if digestion is still okay, different things like that, you should be monitoring if you're going through like a nutrition conscious phase trying to reach goals. All right, now we're going to talk about ideal ranges for macronutrients, and then we'll jump into how to create macronutrient goals. Um, So 
when you're creating, you're converting that calorie goal. So you should have an idea of where you want to be. So like I said, you could be at 2,400 calories. Maybe we know that we want to lose weight. So we're going to start pulling down. So we'll start with 22. Or maybe you're a person who is at 1,700 calories and you're like, ah, oh, well, I guess I have to go through a reverse diet. So now we're going to have your first goal be at 19. And then we can make adjustments from there to continue to get higher or lower respectively. Um, so first we want to make sure that we get proteins and fats into healthy ranges. Carbohydrates are not going to be so important, so they're going to be the last thing that we calculate. But for protein, I like to see roughly one gram per pound of body weight. If someone is a little bit um, more overweight, tech, like technically obese, then I would say more like one gram per pound of lean body mass. But I do find a lot of people actually can benefit from just doing about one gram per pound of body weight. And for my athletes, I actually like to push their protein as high as digestion can handle, but obviously we're not jumping right there right now. Um, so if you're eating like 70 grams of protein a day and maybe your body weight's like 150, you should not jump up that much. Your digestion's not going to be able to handle it, but we can pull it up um, gradually. So start with maybe a 20 gram bump and then a 10 gram bump and a 10 gram bump and a 10 gram bump, but that's relatively what I'm going to do. Um, for fats, you should not be less than 45 grams of fat for a female for optimal internal functions, um, just for your reproduction, like reproductive organs to function properly. Um, and for all of that, make sure you're over 45 grams of fat every single day. Rarely do I recommend more than 70 grams of fat for a female. There's just not a lot of times where it's going to be necessary or beneficial. Um, so anywhere in that range is probably fine. I like to see normally around 55 to 60 grams of fat for a female. Carbs are the last thing you figure out because they just need to stay above 120 grams. Um, your body is either going to use glycogen as it's um, primary fuel source or ketones and that's where the whole ketosis things come ketosis thing comes from and i personally don't love don't recommend ketosis because or the keto diet because while it's technically on paper beneficial and it works i just really don't know anyone who is willing to go the rest of their entire life without eating carbs so your body's already used to using glucose as energy so switching it to using ketones as energy and then eventually switching it back to use glucose as energy again it's just going to make things more difficult and completely unnecessary and honestly you may feel um not so great <laughs> switching from one to the other so we're already used to eating carbs your body's already used to using carbs as its primary energy source let's just continue to use that and if if we are doing that then we want them to stay above 120 grams generally um and carbs honestly can get pretty dang high without a whole lot of consequence as long as you're working out and we are keeping an eye on your insulin sensitivity um but if you're an active person, we can get carbs pretty high, um, especially around our workout. And that, again, is another podcast. Um, so the actual process of converting calories to macros. P protein and carbs are both four calories per gram. So if, if you're eating a meal that has 30 grams of protein, we know that 120 of the calories in your meal come from protein because four um, calories, there are four calories per gram of protein, if that makes sense. Fats are nine calories per gram. And here's a bonus one for you. It's not a macronutrient, but alcohol has its own set of calories, even though it's not a macronutrient and is the only other thing that does in like an amount that's enough to call it a macronutrient versus a micronutrient. Um, but alcohol has seven calories per gram. 
Um, but when we are calculating our food, we take the total calories and then we just do some simple math from there. So example, you're a 150 pound female and you're just looking to eat at maintenance for a little while. So we find out that you need to eat about 2,200 calories to keep your body at maintenance. So if we know that you're 150 pounds and maybe your protein was already high, maybe you're at like 135 a day, cool, we're just going to bump you up to 150. We take that and multiply it by four, we get 600 calories. So now we have 1,600 calories remaining from the 2,200 calories, right? 2,200 minus 1,600 or 600 is 1,600. So then we go to fats. Okay, we're going to put you at 60 grams. That's going to be kind of right at the middle, higher end of middle range for a female. It's a good place to be. So 60 grams of fat times 9 calories is going to be 540 grams of fat. So then we take 1,600 minus 540, and now we have 1,060 calories remaining. That divided by 4 for the to get carbohydrates because it's 4 calories per gram, that many calories divided by that many carbs ends up being 265 now you know that's your carb bowl, and there you go. You set your own macronutrients. Um, now that we have our goal set, how do we know how or when to make changes? I already mentioned sticking to you know around 50 to 100 calories at a time. I think I only said 100, but if you're really looking just to make small changes or you're trying to make them like week after week after week, then I would say maybe do 50 calories. It's a little bit safer, um, but you can go upwards of 100 without really having to worry too much because you should be able to monitor your biofeedback that next week and decide whether or not that was a good change. Um, so biofeedback is just basically your body's response to things and how your body is feeling. Um, and that's what we're going to use to determine whether or not changes should be made. The scale, I don't know if that technically counts as biofeedback, but it's something you can track. And if you are uncomfortable using the scale, that's fine. You don't have to, but it can help to have your eyes on something. It just, we need to get to the place where we're also emotionally unattached to those numbers because we know that they can change and we can change them. And sometimes our situations change those numbers and it's just a number, but it can help to determine trends over time. So if we can emotionally unattach from the day-to-day reflections on the scale and just allow ourselves to see a big picture like month to month at a time, then that can be helpful to know if we're moving in the direction that we want to. Other biofeedback things include your energy, your digestion, your hunger cues. So how hungry are you? When are you getting hungry? What is the quality of your sleep? How is the quality of your training? Um, Honestly, how is your moods? Just different things like that all play into whether or not we should be making changes in our food. Um, With making changes, I do like to keep protein as high as possible. So there's not really a whole lot of reason to ever pull protein down unless digestion is bad. That's going to be the one thing I look for with protein. Like I mentioned before, I like to see protein as high as digestion can handle. So if digestion never trips, that's when I'll pull protein back. Um, if there's no other reason for digestion in a trip and we can identify that it was in fact the protein. But in general, I just like to keep it as high as possible. So either keep it where it's at or keep on increasing until you get to the point where that's where you want to keep it again. <laughs> um, fats can be based on preference, workout timing, um, your hormonal health and digestive health. So there's different reasons to increase or decrease it. Um, but like I said, I do want to make sure that it does stay in that range. Um, and carbs can kind of just kind of hang out <laughs> to make that calorie goal. So those are going to be the main things we're going to see adjusted just because like fats obviously only have like a 35 gram range where they should be staying in. And honestly, it should be closer to like a 20 gram range for just a lifestyle person who's looking to get in shape. Um, I see bigger swings typically with like athletes or competitors. 
but um, carbs, those can have a huge variation. So that's going to be the majority of your change besides like pulling protein up to a good base point is going to be carbohydrates. So you're going to be able to pull those up, pull those down, something like 10, 15, or 20 grams at a time is all appropriate carbohydrate bumps. Or if you want to make a bigger bump, doing like 50 grams of carbs every once in a while can be okay. Um, But then just make sure that we're monitoring our biofeedback. So like I said, carbs are your body's main source of energy. So if we're starting to get tired, if we're not sleeping well, um, slash getting tired throughout the day, if we're just hungrier, um, our workouts aren't good, we're experiencing brain fog, all of those things can say that, hey, maybe we should increase our carbs more. Um, When we're becoming insulin resistant, we are generally just not feeling good. We're not able to get good pumps in the gym. We're feeling sluggish as well, um, but on the other side of things. So instead of like feeling just tired, it's more like a sluggish. Um, And then at that point, we could talk about things like carb cycling or potentially pulling carbs down or increasing some cardio in order to increase insulin resistance. So this is just kind of a basic rundown on how to create your own macronutrient goals. Um, I think I kind of got a good cover on everything, but if you have any questions or need me to make things more specific, feel free to DM me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. So that's my preferred way of communication. Um, You can find me at fit um, period mama period D. Um, or you can also find me on Facebook if people really use that anymore. I personally don't, but I will message you back. Um, I'm also on TikTok at Delana Phil, um, and you can message me there as well. So if you have any questions, definitely feel free to message me and I can try to explain things or like type things out. Sometimes with things like this, it's better to see things written and in front of you. Um, and I actually did a call about this with my mom bod squad girls. So if you join the mom bod squad, there will be like an actual zoom call that is recorded that you will have access to go back and watch that we did a while ago and you can actually get your eyes on this as well and that might help put some of the pieces of the puzzle together for you but I hope that this was enough information for you to get started and get going on your goals on your own I'll see you next time